What is going on? Bar Down Breakdown, episode 207. And tonight we're joined by our homie Brian from Home for the Day. That is who you are currently listening to, holding it down in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Brian, what's going on, dude? How's it going, man? I'm and just I, chilling. I know you're you're not personally holding it down in Charlotte, North Carolina, but that's where home for the day is uh, is holding it down. So, why don't you fill us in? You you said you're up in like the mountain region of North Carolina, right? Yeah, um, not super deep in the mountains. I'm uh, got a few notable mountains near where I live, uh, but uh, not like the Rockies or anything. We like I said, we, we've got a knob out here. We we got the pilot knob looks like a giant titty in the sky from a distance. (laughs) (laughs) It just goes to show like how much of North Carolina I have not explored yet since I moved here. Cause you were like rattling off towns (laughs) that were near you. And I was like, geez, I don't know any of those places. (laughs) Honestly, the only reason to come to the part of North Carolina I'm in is if you're a big fifties and sixties TV fan, if you like hiking or if you like dealing with asshole cops who give tickets for nothing. That's yeah. that's what we're famous for. None of those uh, check boxes that I am into. So maybe I will never. Go there. <laughs> we have good food. We have good food. So okay. are you guys considered north of the borough or south of the borough for barbecue? I think we're south. Um, so mustard. Then we would be north. Yeah. You're Sorry, vinegar I- based. All I know is I like barbecue. I don't have a preference on vinegar or mustard base. It all it all eats the same. Touche, touche. So, Brian, um, I guess we can start by talking a little bit about Bar Down Breakfast since Home for the Day is playing it. Um, yeah. You know, since Christian is so involved in the festival, did you guys even have a choice? Or he was just like, oh, by the way, you guys are playing Bar Down Breakfast. <laughs> It was asked in a way that he wasn't really asking, <laughs> um, which, you know, we, we don't mind. We love doing festivals, especially with all the Charlotte homies and even the non-Charlotte homies, because there's quite a few bands that are coming from out of state. Um, we're a big fan of all the bands that are coming. And uh, so even if it had been asked in the traditional <laughs> sense, it would have still been a Yes. Well, at least you guys didn't find out through getting tagged on an Instagram post like the Bronze Age did. <laughs> I, um, you know, I I can't say we'd even be mad about that. You know, <laughs> see, I, I think that's what we got to do for year three. We should just make a dream lineup: Newfoundland, Bayside, <laughs> and just tag them. And then, like, whoever shows up, shows up, and whoever's like booking agent or managing company reaches out to us we'll, we'll just make a deal then but we're just gonna tag whoever we want and hope a few stick we have to like figure out a way to do like taking back sunday but without john nolan and then add fred maraschino <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good have Take. eddie come back <laughs> just tag driveways and a hundred different posts which I'm, are you guys familiar with the band Driveways? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we, we've awesome. actually had them on the show probably two years ago, and seeing what they've done because when we had them on about two years ago, they didn't play that many shows yet, and they yeah. really stayed only in the Boston region. But this past year or so, I've been following along, and they've branched out 
a little further away from Boston. They've gone yeah. down 95 now. Yeah, they they've they've definitely you know traveled a little further and still are selling out like every single show that they play. It's I'm not bonkers. surprised. I'm not surprised with the quality of the uh, material that they put out. I I would be upset if they weren't selling out. Yeah. yeah. But with like I guess what I'm trying to say is like they're hitting a lot of these markets for the very first time. Yeah. And to like sell out shows when you've never played in that city before is a luxury. That's tough. Yeah, that's Absolutely. tough to do, man. That's real tough to do. Like we we talked to the sleeping who were legit road dogs. Like they were on tour probably 300 days a year. Mm-hmm. And they would hit the same like small markets every single tour and it took them years to build up huge fan bases in those places so like you look at a band like driveways just playing baltimore for example or you know scranton pennsylvania and selling those out for the first time they're there hey mikey we sold out scranton pennsylvania (laughs) (laughs) so that's a place to play don't knock scranton until you all right Banton, I don't know. I've been there. I can't figure out the rhyme for that one. <laughs> but yeah, let, let's uh, let's talk a little more about some of the bands that are playing because I'm sure you know Home for the Day has played with a bunch of them. You know, whether it's in Charlotte or, or anywhere yeah. else in North Carolina. So, like, who are some of the bands Home for the Day has played with that's on the bill? Oh, I'm gonna have to look at the bill. <laughs> I'm not joking. Just since you know. Like it's like we were talking before this, you know, I haven't been in the band a super long time. So there's a there's a whole litany of local and regional bands that we've played with that happened well before I was involved. Um, I mean, you're looking at coming up next year being the 10 year anniversary of Home for the Day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been a whole lot of time there. Uh, to do a whole lot of stuff, which luckily we've been fortunate, not just since I've been in the band, but since its inception that um, we've just been so blessed to be able to do any of the stuff we, we do, which um, with you guys, you know, being into the music scene, the way y'all are it, you know, you understand it. It's not something that just comes with no work. Oh yeah. So let's see here. Okay, finally got it. So a big one that we've played with is Seneca Burns. It's kind of our our sister band with Mm -hmm. Christian being in both. Um, All My Circuits, that's that's such a fun band to play with, too. They never disappoint. We've got Come Clean, which is one of our, as a collective's favorite uh, uh, band. Um. I was very excited when I You're, saw that they were coming back for this one. Have you listened to their newest album? No, is it out? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, it came out a couple of weeks ago. It's amazing. Um playlist. <laughs> then we've got Dear Cavalier. Uh I want to say we've played with them live a few times and they've been on the uh House Shows for Hope once. Um Subvertigo uh, sink in hassle in one oh you pretty things but shout out to them for being fucking excellent um i feel bad because i know that there's more that we've played with but i'm not recognizing names for shows that i've done 
I think you guys played with Sync In recently too. Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, we had a show at the Milestone in Charlotte actually with them two weeks ago. I want to say. Yeah. And that was that was such a good show. Hell yeah! So now, kind of a follow up question, and hopefully you still have that flyer up. Who's a band that you haven't played with that you're like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, have that kind of uh, checked off as a band that Home for the Day has played with? Um, well, I don't want to speak for the rest of the guys, but I know for me personally, Never Home is one I'm stoked for. Yeah, they're, so they're one of my favorites. Let's dive into that because, uh, you know, that's that's a reunion show for them. Mm-hmm. Um, being that they were, geez, I guess probably one of the most prominent Charlotte bands, probably five or six years ago. Um, you know, when you were going to shows as a fan, did, did you catch never home or were you following that along that like their rise to popularity? I was never lucky enough to catch a show, um, before they quit doing it for the time. But I I was uh, following along, you know, watching their social media presence, you know, seeing the videos that would come out of it and pictures. And it honestly, it's one of the regrets I have from that time period was not getting a chance or not not getting a chance, but not making the time to see them. Yeah, I I've never got to see them either. So I'm super excited for that reunion show, Um, you know. The, the Charlotte scene is new for me and I'm I'm going to be completely transparent. A lot of the bands that are playing the festival, I'm having the pleasure of discovering this past year leading up to June 30th and July 1st. And I'm just super blown away with some of the bands that are all across North Carolina that just are not getting enough attention like they should be. And, I, I can go off and name like 15 right now, but you know, right here in Charlotte alone, th- that band American theory, Holy crap. They're so yeah. good. Like how are they not just playing every, like whenever a national band comes through Charlotte, how are they not just playing with them? Like I, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. The music industry is funny. I'll say that. <laughs> I was going to say it's, it's very much kind of like the, uh, the NHL playoffs right now, it's all the teams are in the South. That's where all the best teams are right now. Still the ones playing in the playoffs. No one's looking down past the Mason Dixon line at any of these bands that are going on down in the South. It's yeah, a real shame too. Cause there's, it's a gold mine down here. Everyone's looking at Chicago, New York, California. Those are things outside Northwest. the box. Yeah. <laughs> South of Virginia. Well, you can't say that, you know, coming from Florida, Justin, like literally (laughs) every band right now that's blowing up is coming from coming from Florida or even more specifically like Orlando. Out of the last two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Orlando is finally getting it's it's come up into a little bit. Well, with you being from Florida, do you have any cool stories of running into any bands out there that uh, maybe you got to meet and check out before they blew up? Um, definitely, uh, Magnolia Park, Meet Me at the Altar was another one. We've played a few shows with them, uh, before like the pandemic, uh, Capstan. I actually, um, 
we actually played in our living room a few times. Hell yeah. Um, who else? There's been a few of them that we've like 408 another one that we've played with a bunch of times. Um, and then outside of that, like South Florida, like I set my friends on fire. Like I used to play shows with them down in Miami a lot of times, like before they were, I set my friends on fire. Um, and then, um, is it never, never loved, right? Shane's band. Yeah. We had never loved on the, on the podcast. Oh yeah. 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 And then, um, we've played shows with their old band, like 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Down in Miami a few times too. So yeah, it's can was it Cameron? No. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Said Cameron. Shane, I'm like, well, he's... Shane's their other guitarist is Cameron and Shane. Gotcha. Um, Shane's the one I remember the most. And uh, yeah, like we've, it's just crazy seeing like people or like um, Andy, Andy and Naya right now, he's the guitarist for pool kids. Like watching him rip it every single night on tour right now is just like crazy to me. And I like remember like just like playing guitars with him in like a living room or like a house party one time. It's just cool to see all this stuff happen. Yeah. You're kind of seeing it unfold all, all in front of us right now. With Yeah. What's going on? With, like, do you guys consider our, what is it? Arrows in action. Are they like technically in a Florida or Orlando band? Yeah. Arrows in action. Um, we played one of the like first, well, what, yeah, like one of our first shows in 2019 was with Felicity and Arrows in Action. They were a Gainesville band, and then um, two of them moved over to Nashville, and the drummer stayed in Orlando for a little bit more, and then he finally moved over there. And they did their first U.S. tour with Bearings and Between You and Me blew up, and then they were like, all right, we're going to go on tour and headline our own. And they were just killing it right now. Yeah. All social media. I was going to say, like, they grind hard on social media. Yep. They sure do. It's, it's it's crazy what some bands can just build from a TikTok following. Yeah. You know, they're, they're definitely one of those bands that their TikTok following is turning into fans that go to shows that sell out shows. Yeah, that sells out shows. Like the home team is another one right now mm-hmm. that's doing that. It kind of reminds me of like how it was like on MySpace back in the oh, 2000s. Yeah. You'd have these bands like I remember we were talking about um Further Seems Forever and Chris Caraba blowing up on MySpace and then him doing Dashboard and then just blowing up from just all the MySpace presence and everyone throwing, you know, hands down on every single playlist that they could have possibly put on their profile playlist those didn't exist it no, was like a like burn the, cd at that time no but you could remember you could put like three songs on your mind oh, like your top five or whatever yeah yeah you could put like music on there or you would embed music into your your profile for people to listen to you know we we need to bring myspace back there, there's no reason no, that don't. thing should... it's it's you don't think now. so it's it is back but it's not good is it <laughs> is it back yeah it's been back for a few years justin timberlake took it over and it's not good <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what we need is like a music television countdown show for yeah, pop that's punk not on and Twitch. And yeah, that's actually out to the masses because I would imagine Fuse doesn't exist anymore, right? Like, is that no. channel completely gone? Yeah, Fuse became uh, G4. Yeah, yeah, and then G4 uh, went for punk. 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure MTV exists, but all they're doing is probably playing reruns of all their reality shows at this point. It's just teen mom and 16 and pregnant. Yeah. I mean, it checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was kind of joking with you guys, like, how great would it be on like Roku or, at, um, you know, like your fire stick, if there was just like a music television app that you can just click on and it would just be what it used to be in the early 2000s. Like there'd be some kind of music show that introduced just new bands to people. I'd love where, that would be fantastic. That's yeah, a million dollar idea. There's just, you know, it, it's tough with the scrolling like how much that can just take over your life if you're trying to find bands on social media where if you watch a, a 30 minute show and you got 10 of the best of the best bands just waiting for you like yeah how great would that be i'd pay a monthly fee for that <laughs> you guys don't have rock and brews in uh in north carolina do you not to my knowledge what is that Okay, so Rock and Brews is is it's this restaurant we have we have I, shit I think we have three of them in Orlando, um, but I it's I think it's like some type of an establishment. It was it was made by I'm not gonna I don't want to name names. I think Ace Freely from Kiss is somehow involved in this. Um, okay, but what it is is you walk inside and it's a it's like a sports bar esque environment. But their whole thing is like rock and roll. So okay. on all the TVs, they will literally only play music videos. And it, it literally feels like I'm a kid again, just like at the dinner table watching like, I don't know, VH1 classics or something. Because it's all like ZZ Top. They'll have like Semisonic. They'll have Oasis. They'll throw like Jimi Hendrix or like the Beatles on there. And it they do the exact same thing. Like it has the little like white thing on, credits on the bottom left where it tells you the name of the song, the album, the year it was made, who directed it, and it was it's literally just like a total homage where you're just like, oh my god, I remember that song. I remember this music video. I remember listening to this song on like VH1 at six in the morning, getting ready for school, and it just like brings back so many memories. And it's just such a cool concept. Um, because it mattered. And we were just talking yeah. to David from Fear Before the March of Flames. And he talked about like the music video budget that Equal Visions gave him. Because like music videos were so important in the early 2000s. Because there was actually shows that would play them. And when bands, you know, I know it's so important that bands have music videos still. But at the end of the day, it's like but where are you playing those other than you posting them yourself on your own, like ban Instagram or like putting up on YouTube and hoping that it catches the YouTube algorithm. It, it just seems crazy to think that bands put so much money and time into music videos still. Yeah. Oh, it was Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. I knew kiss oh. was somehow involved in this. Uh, anybody but Gene. So, yeah. Hey, I'll take it. This is this is totally random. And I don't even know where this episode's going, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, <laughs> the other day, one of my older friends who's an Islander fan 
went to this like U2 cover band and there was like probably 500 people to see this cover band. And it just got me thinking like we're almost old enough to be like going to watch cover bands now. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I kind of like want to just go start watching cover bands, but I wish that there was an early 2000s like pop punk or emo cover band that like so like for example this one cover band all they do is play u2 songs like imagine if there was just a cover band that only played early 2000s like armor for sleep <laughs> like or well, and... mikey aren't you in luck because coming to charlotte on september 9th at the fillmore downstairs seneca burns is playing with emo night karaoke a live band that plays all your favorite songs from the 2000s. <laughs> but I mean, like, they're still Seneca Burns. Like, that's no, no, no. The, the, right. the band, the Emo Night Karaoke band, they'll play all those songs, and people will come up from the, the crowd and sing the songs that they sign up for with a live band behind them. Yep. It's like 80% of what you're looking for. All right. But I, I want, like, legit, just like, a taking back Sunday cover band that like, oh, all yeah. they do is play taking back Sunday. And they're not an, a band that does original music. Like they're just like, they just play, take play back taking songs. back Sunday. There's, there's like six or seven blink winity two bands that do that. Like just so, cover yeah, plans because blank is like that wave before. Yeah. So like, I feel like the wave that I really care about is really close to being old enough where there could be a cover band about you want like a like give them back monday or like some weird <laughs> yeah a, a decade old, still under the influence or old found glory don't tell all your friends <laughs> see i want something like that but strictly for 90s new metal they have that too do they yeah they have a they have a that well at least in orlando i saw it, they have a like a new metal karaoke thing where like a band will play just new metal songs and people will go up and sing along to it and like emo nights that they have like where like a dj will just be hit and play on a, on a playlist playing songs they have it for new metal now and it blows my mind because that has to be the smelliest place in the world yeah everyone just <laughs> rips out their janko jeans that they that they haven't washed since <laughs> the last time they went to the gathering yeah they're hacking. You know what? Sacks. I would I would put up with the smell just to go up there and rip some lint biscuit. You know, I, I feel like dude wipes and old spice would make so much money sponsoring that whole event. <laughs> <laughs> just Not people old spice, it would just be axe. <laughs> just be axe. <laughs> just consistently spraying the one accent that they have that's still somewhat passable. No fog machines, it's just the, the fucking spray out of the cans. <laughs> it's just the spray out of the cans, the heat emanating from all the bodies that are just headbanging to I don't kombucha. And it's just it just smells. It's just smells of just old crusty DC shoes and body deodor or body odor. Don't forget the awful smell from dreads that have not been washed in yeah. 15 years. You'll wonder if there is a white pony in the room. Smells like livestock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't be going to the new metal <laughs> cover band nights. Me either. I, I'm gonna skip those. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything <laughs> that they're trying to do, but the fan base is not for me. 
That's that's fair. They as a fan, metal fan base is not for me. Any any genre or subgenre of metal consistently has the worst fan base. But they preach about how that they're the most accepting people. There's this there's this uh, TikTok uh, influencer I follow, and she she goes to, like all the metal shows and all this other stuff. But she did a TikTok the other day, and she said. Uh, things about going to concerts that I'll never understand. And one of them was wearing the band shirt of the band that you're going to go see. Like, apparently that's taboo. And then the other thing she said was, the other thing that's really taboo about going to metal shows is wearing deodorant. I wear deodorant. And I commented, <laughs> I was like, I appreciate you for telling people to wear deodorant as someone in a band. <laughs> see, that hasn't been my experience with it. Uh, may, maybe a little. It depends on who I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of like metalcore bands. And oh, so, those aren't that bad. No, no. Um, I think the worst, worst crowd I've ever like witnessed was probably Rob Zombie. Yep. And like, I love Rob Zombie. I, I'm a big fan, uh, but I do not look like a Rob Zombie fan, <laughs> nor do I smell like one. Lamb of God is is that's the band where it's right on the, the edge. Half the pit is real smelly, and then you start having those like V-neck metal kids that are just like, "Oh, I love this. This is like kind of like metalcore." And they fight because one of them wants to do windmills and the other one wants to do push pit. <laughs> and that's Lamb of God is the split. That's the split band where you have you have the 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 smelly side of Ozfest, and then you have Sounds of the Underground. That's well, see, the, that's the band. I was really drunk last time I saw Lamb of God, so I'm I'm gonna be seeing them later again this year. So I'm gonna have to have to keep on the lookout for that. See if I can witness it firsthand. Yeah, you want to like you want to hang out with dividing the the pit. No, yeah, the, the wall of death. That's what it is. You want to find the people who find Redneck ironically funny and don't like fit in with the song. That's yeah. the you want to ironic funny Rednecks, not actual Rednecks for Lamb of God. I've seen them; they exist. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from this. Um, so Brian, out of the Stall Brothers, which one is your favorite Stall Brothers? The two that you shouldn't like, or the one that you should like? <laughs> I, I'm I'm a big underdog fan, so I'm going to say the two that you shouldn't like. <laughs> well, lucky for you, they both play for the Panthers, uh- <laughs> <laughs> and they all have the same terrible mom. No, you know what else? You know what? This is this is a stall fact that I just found out because I was like, I was like, it's like they two of them do play for the Panthers right now. But okay. Three of the Stall brothers have all played for Carolina. One of them has not. One of them got first pick draft for Carolina, and now he's playing against Carolina with the brother who has never drafted the Carolina. But that's not the weird fact. The weird fact is that they're all six four. Every Every single brother is 6'4". How the fuck does that happen? How do you just have four children that are all the same height? There's no difference, and they're not twins. They were all born separate years, even though the youngest is retired, which blows my mind. They're all 6'4". I, I feel like that, that, was, that somebody had to have fucked with the genetic code. Like they're they're like test tube babies. What's the combination of whole milk, human growth serum, and Wheaties do you need to achieve in order to all get six four? 
dude, that's that's just some like mid Ontario just gene pool. Like they got a very Thunder Bay. (laughs) They got a very selective gene pool that they're (laughs) mingling at the local watering hall, and that's how you get kids that are six four that just come out playing (laughs) hockey. Where is, there's, they have to be like there. I know they're. I know they're Canadian, but Stahl has to be like a Swedish name. There's no way it's four people that are related are all six four and not be some type of Scandinavian. I bet they're adopted. Like the parents <laughs> just like went to adoption agencies and were like, "Which kid's gonna be the tallest? I need. I need six four on the dot." <laughs> or I need well, the same sperm egg combination for all four <laughs> of them. They're all gonna play in the NHL. Jeez, yeah, I, I, I've come to realize I don't like any of the stalls. <laughs> so, bad question. They're all awful. Yeah, well, um, they're like we all like we talk about every podcast for the last however many we've had Hurricanes fans on. Uh, the Saw Mother is a little bit of a <clears throat> of a weirdo because she'll buy the jerseys of all like whatever brothers are playing and she'll sew them together where it still says stall on the back. But when I met her, it was Penguins and Hurricanes because Eric was on the Hurricanes and one of the other three was on the Penguins. And now, now, well, you have to do two. You have to. She has to do three, technically, two thirds Panthers and one third Hurricane. <laughs> so S T A A have to be on the Panther side and then A L on the Hurricane side. But then, which one are you doing? Are you doing the home jerseys or the away jerseys? I think you're doing one home, one away Panthers. <laughs> and then it's just red and white. <laughs> yep. No matter what the color combination is, if you swap them, they're still red and white. That's true. Now that oh. that's that's supporting your kids. That's what that is. Or you mooching might... off of them. She's like hoping that she can get a nice condo down in Boca because of her kids playing in the NHL. And I want to I want to meet like the one person that listens to this specific episode of the podcast without listening to any other episode of the podcast because they're probably listening to this like who is this QAnon crazy dude that's just <laughs> spitting out stall conspiracy facts? <laughs> Stalling on, Stalling on. <laughs> I'm gonna after we get off of here, I'm gonna take and go on Reddit and make a subreddit for it. Just about just crazy, like Jordan, Eric, Jared, and Mark Stahl conspiracy theories. Dude, I'll I'm pretty impressed that you just nailed all four Stahl brothers right there. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research on them because we've had too many Canes fans on for the past few weeks. We have had so many Canes fans on. And Brian, I hate to break it to you, but I actually just like have started to hate the Carolina Hurricanes because of like living here and having to go to Raleigh two times a year to watch the Islanders, like probably bottom of the barrel fan base for me, but I I get it. I get it. Now imagine being in my shoes where I'm going to switch sports for a second, but growing up, I would have been disowned if I was anything but a Tar Heels basketball fan. Oh, that's just Carolina in general. Yeah. Now, now you you've been here like how long have you lived in North Carolina, Mikey? Uh, since 2015. Okay, so you you you're you're a baby to this. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's Panthers and Tar Heels, and if you don't support those two, get the fuck out. <laughs> um. So yeah, I've been dealing with that for coming on 25 years. 
So well, yeah, it's the same color combination, so they don't want to have to buy any type of other clothes. Yeah, all and dyed yeah, blue and black. It's so funny because they actually just made the Charlotte FC same color, same colors. and then we have this minor league baseball team called the Charlotte Knights. Yeah, they used to be kind of like the Vegas Golden Knights color scheme, and like last year or two years ago, switched them to the black and Carolina blue. Okay, conspiracy time. Conspiracy. So North Carolina is not exactly a rich state. We're not West Virginia poor, as, as far as you know national consensus. But the area that I grew up in, everybody wore like secondhand clothes and shit that you're cousins brothers sister war yeah and just you, you never got new shit and if you did it was christmas and that was you know only occasional christmases so the my thinking is every sports team was the same color so that no matter what year it was it was current do you think that oh i'm gonna blow this whole conspiracy up even more <laughs> do you think that every Carolina logo after the Tar Heels is just a different iteration of Ramsey's that got warped in the washing machine because they washed everything with different colors. So they they washed it with a whole bunch of blacks and it kind of shrunk <laughs> a little bit. And that's the Carolina Panthers logo. <laughs> you know what? I didn't before now, but you've sold me. Every 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 mascot in Charlotte is all Ramses, but warped from the dryer and the washing machine, <laughs> and being worn too many times with grass stains because everyone's playing outside in the sticks, and it's just that's what it looks like now. You know, I if I wasn't from North Carolina, I would believe it. <laughs> and from with being from North Carolina, I believe it. You know, I that's that's it. Thank that's you. It. You you've explained it perfectly. We've, we've cracked the code. Except Somebody the Carolina Hurricanes the do not fit that mold. I said Charlotte. No. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know how Her Chapel Hill and the Tar Heels got involved, but we'll go with it. All right, so Hurricanes, some guy got in a fight outside of a bar, got blood on his shirt. It got sun bleached for the white, and then a bunch of, like, I don't know, rib sauce got on it, and it just mixed and turned <laughs> black in the wash. Okay. Touche. We, we're, we're going with it. But <laughs> we're running with it. Before we uh, dive into a little more home for the day and some Canes talk, I do want to tell everyone about our sponsor, DraftKings. So light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, uh, new customers can bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. So we got the Eastern Western Conference Finals coming to a close probably in the next couple of days. So you'll be able to throw down some money on Lord Stanley Cup games. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. 
In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, listeners, let's face it. With coffees starting at $5, yeah, even without the shaken brown sugar espresso nonsense that's going into it now, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products all do the same thing, but they're all priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or what we call a dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely should not sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than what you would on some of those other big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They even offer a buy-now, pay-now option, which, which, where right now you can even pay as low as $18 on your next pair of Raycons. They have an easy free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance just for a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. And they have over 50,000 five-star reviews on some of their amazing functionalities like their earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and even have different custom gel tips so you can get the most comfortable, perfect in-ear fit. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off. I can't believe we're getting 15% off on these already cheap pair of dupe hey, uh, Raycon headphones, but you can go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get an additional 15% off your Raycon order. That's right. Buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off your next Raycon purchase. Boom. I think I'm going to go buy some Raycons now. You should 15% you should. off THPN. Use that code, baby. Also, I don't have a gambling problem. I just can't stop thinking about it, and I get shaky when I can't do it. I don't call that a problem. I call that dedication. I'm going to win yeah. one of these days. It's not. It's not a. It's not a problem when it's a profession. Exactly. Yeah, I wish I had the number to give you uh, here in North Carolina, but it's probably in the show notes <laughs> to help you with some of that gambling problem. I don't. Is it available in North Carolina? I, I'm sure that like they have some variation you know like maybe it can't be the straight just batting on the money lines but they maybe have like the daily fantasy or whatever yeah north carolina is really weird about their gambling protocols it's it's north not Carolina is really weird about their alcohol sales i still can't get over like the abc stores and how it's like run by the state i feel like that's so bizarre is that not what it is in other states no no <laughs> That is I can not go into like. anywhere and just get liquor. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's a it, North it's Carolina worst bizarre. state. And yeah, like you... all of the liquor bottles having to have like the sticker on them when you go into a bar. That's like totally yeah. just North Carolina. Yeah, Brian, you were talking shit about West Virginia earlier, but they can just walk into their grocery store at age six and pull out a bottle of liquor. 
<laughs> they get it for free with that gun they carry on their hip. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't That's even have a John Denver like, song written about him. That Mountain Dew hard seltzer is definitely just like skyrocketing in West Virginia. Right no, now. that's Tennessee, man. That Tennessee is too. that is Eastern Tennessee. Yep. I we went on we we didn't know we were on vacation in Tennessee, and I was just driving through to get to Pigeon Forge, and there was just Mountain Dew vending machines every rest stop. Four of three of them. Never seen that many in my life. Just straight Mountain Dew. It's the official drink of Tennessee. I we actually uh, not this past weekend, but the one before that, we went out to uh, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge for a mm-hmm. weekender. Um, me and my wife and some of our friends, and that's all. They don't even offer you anything else. It's just Mountain Dew. <laughs> you ask for pop Mountain Dew, soda Mountain Dew, Coke Wait, Mountain Dew. What what did you call it? Pop. Yeah. God damn. Was with fucking Floridians and pop. I said soda pop. <laughs> you said every Coke. variation of it. I say a Coke. If beverage. you're not giving me a Coke, I don't want it. Fair. See, my, my wife. Walk out. My my wife is is from a bit more in the woods than what I grew up, and her and her old family call it pop. And when we met, and she said pop, I was like, you mean little fucking firecrackers you throw on the ground, poppets? Well, what do you mean? I just, I growing up, it was soda for me, or also water because you know nobody in the south drinks water growing up it's all sunny delight (laughs) (laughs) it's all sunny delight breakfast lunch and dinner got either a glass of kool-aid or a glass of sunny delight in the south that's all you get then at 15 you get coke oh no i i see i my is weird for me i i grew up Water was banned from the house. You you washed clothes, dishes, and your body with water. You drank soda, mainly uh, Mountain Dew and uh, Coke, and then Sunny D. Do you get that's like a kid's paradise, man? Were you like, like a Tang looked... family too? Do you have Tang? No, uh, oh. my wife's family did. Mine didn't. <laughs> my wife every Thanksgiving still insists on making a Tang pie. That sounds delicious. I don't even know. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like Tang. I still to this day don't know what Tang is necessarily. I know it's, it's just, just that orange, orange drink. It's that orange drink. I couldn't tell you. Only thing I've ever had of in was fucking Tang pie, <laughs> and I wasn't a fan. I feel like Tang is the same powder that they put in like Easy Mac. <laughs> you can't convince me it's wouldn't wrong. Surprise me. <laughs> put put an Easy Mac powder in water and. Stir it together. See what you get. Get bet it's tang. Are <laughs> uh, either uh, Mike? You said you're married, right? Yep. Does your wife drink Sunny Delight? No, no. So we had this realization. You know, I I didn't grow up like dirt poor, but I didn't grow up like wealthy either. Um, and my family, and maybe this is just like the '80s, but we would drink. Juicy, juicy juice in the juicy big juice in the big yeah. jar, like the big can that you had to yeah. like use the can opener and crack like on both <laughs> ends. And I thought that was just kind of like what us like lower middle class people did. And then I found out that my wife, who was uh probably closer <laughs> to the higher middle class, also drank juicy juice out of the can. I was like, whoa, you guys were not that wealthy drinking juicy <laughs> juice out of the can. <laughs> 
I like how that's what we consider like the poverty line is. Yeah. Do you drink juicy juice, tang, Kool-Aid, or Mountain like Dew. The, the barrel squeezers, just the barrel penny juice things that you see got my like family BJ's. growing up we we didn't go to bj's we went to food lion and we got the the uh what were they called hug jugs or something yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> got like a million of them for 30 cents that yeah. was always like the best part of field day like for some reason yeah. at our elementary school field days there was always just like big coolers of those like just like fluorescent blue jugs of juice that were so bad for you that they just gave a bunch of 10 year olds. I feel like it's the same syrup you put on snow cones, but watered down and yeah. that was just put into a barrel. And our yeah. parents were like, fucking drink it. You'll be fine. Diabetes yeah, I, isn't real. I proved those corn syrup. <laughs> so speaking of high fructose corn syrup, uh, <laughs> Home for the day. What are you, what are you guys up to uh, this summer outside of Bar Down Fest? This summer, so we've got a tour coming up in August. We're going to be hitting five, six different states. I think you guys are coming down to Florida too. Yeah, we're doing a three day stint in Florida. It's uh be it'll be my first time in Florida. That's the nice. furthest south I'll, I'll have been. I'm excited. I've uh, would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. I don't want to talk shit about Floridians. Um, but I, I've heard some crazy stories. Um, yep. Florida man, you know, well, anything. Florida, Florida man, as of July 1st, doesn't need a permit to carry a concealed weapon anymore. So it'll be fun in August. God. <laughs> well, they just they just did away in North Carolina um, with having to get a permit to purchase a pistol. Oh. So, yeah. Jeez. I didn't know about that one. Mikey, you're coming from way up north. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I said I would never move back to New York, but uh... considering it, yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, we've got a few. We're um, June or July. I want to say it's June. We're playing uh, Ampfest again in uh, Woodville, Virginia. Nice. Yeah. Um, which that that's always a fun fun festival to play um that's actually where i got introduced in person to home for the day mm-hmm. uh was in 2020 at Ampfest. that was when me, i first met peter and christian and thomas and nick or no nick wasn't there for that so it was just peter thomas and christian nice and that was um so that's kind of like a yearly thing that they do over in in virginia yeah yeah, um, it started in 2020. I want to say there was 20 bands. My other band, uh, Villain Over Heroes, which mm-hmm. has since disbanded, we uh, we played that year, and um, it was fun. Really wet. Um, some uh, a band called I'm not sure if you guys are familiar uh, called Blood Gin. Uh, nope. Big nope. metalcore band from the early 2000s. Uh, they played, and it was amazing to see them because i grew up listening to them uh it's just a fun fun event the uh there's food it's a it's a big family atmosphere so it it, it's always a good time any show you go to um because the venue itself is called the pit at helheim during the uh spooky season it's a haunted attraction that they do out there called helheim and year-round they have shows 
that sounds sick. That should just they should have shows while it's a haunted house. They just, do. Really? They should just I have mean, war play it. <laughs> they don't do shows um like inside the haunt itself. Um so where the shows take place at it's like a little almost like a garage um down the hill in what used to be an old go-kart track it's like the where they would keep the go-karts and shit uh when they would uh shut down for the day and you've got this big go-kart track that people walk around and shit and you know, people just stand outside or inside listen to music eat bomb ass food from some of the best food trucks you'll ever have and uh it's a good time i would say that any place called hellheim if they don't have some kind of viking or like some type of scandinavian death metal band playing <laughs> it's not legitimate because you can't take like a norse mythological hellscape of the nine realms and not have some type of scandinavian band playing I'm not familiar with any Scandinavian black metal bands that have come through uh, because Withel's fucking a dot on a map yeah, that see? no one pays attention to, which you would think would be the perfect place that a Scandinavian metal band would want to play. Yeah. They should. Those 100%. guys hate having traction and fans. All they need is wooden shirts to set on fire and they're good to go. Yep. I'm just picturing that movie. What was it? Sex Drive. You know, like when they had <laughs> Fall Out Boy, Fall Out Boy playing like the barn. That's all I keep picturing when you're describing this festival. You just have Behemoth playing like some random festival in their full garb. Just yep. I would I would sell my left nut to see Behemoth play there. Honestly. Oh man, I don't know. I, I think it's too close to West Virginia to have that much. Uh, satanism that close to west virginia <laughs> you would think you know but the scene out there is really in into stuff like behemoth yeah um, there's a band from not far from the withful area or I, I think they're stationed in withful um dying oath uh okay that uh, have you guys listened to any of their stuff no nope great metalcore um it uh they're from that area and they play out there every year um but you would be surprised with the type of people from that area of Virginia as into metal as they are. It's very I think it, add, it adds up to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I guess we, we talked about some of your touring plans with home for the day this summer and into the rest of 23 um, music wise. Are, are you guys hitting the studio anytime soon or I know that you you were mentioning that you got some writing credits and you were on the the latest single, but have you um, started planning out some some new recording sessions and whatnot? We absolutely have. Um, we just uh, May twelfth we released our newest single, Muscadine, and uh, we spent a lot of time on that, uh, hammering it out, getting it uh, perfected, and then record it and then released. Um, we've got seven or eight song ideas right now that we're finishing up that we'll be recording. I'm not sure how we're going to release that yet, but um, that should, we should start. I want to, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I 
would like to say late this year we should have some more stuff coming out, if not early next year. Um, it, all of it sounds kind of wildly different than the stuff we've been doing, but at the same time, it still has that pop punk vibe to it. Uh, so that's all that I can really say as to new music. It is coming though. Nice. So, w- what do you think led to the the change in the in the sound? Have you guys been getting influences from some other bands, or now that you're part of the recording process and the writing process, have you have you brought something different to the table? Um, I don't. That that's a bit too much credit to give me, but um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to say I had an influence on it. Um, I love pop punk. Um, I grew. I didn't grow up on it like the rest of the guys did. It was something that I, I kind of discovered after my music taste had kind of developed. Um, but I I feel like it's a combination of all of us getting older. You know, most of us. Thomas just turned thirty. Um, I'm almost 25 and I feel like just the, the aging process and life experiences that we've went through it for me, it's getting a little difficult to keep singing about how I hate my hometown. Not that we, not that we do that so much. Um, but it's, I feel like we're just maturing as musicians and as people and it's affecting the music that we're able to put out right yes it's gonna be like the wonder years just start writing about shit that's happening to your own life and how much that sucks instead yeah a uh bird did fly into my window the other day <laughs> love the wonder years don't get me started <laughs> so i guess you know since you you mentioned how you kind of fallen in love with pop punk a little bit later who was like your your gateway drug that got you into pop punk? And was it like that wave of the Wonder Years? Because for me, that's like the third wave or fourth wave of pop punk that I like fell in love with. For me, it was before the Wonder Years kind of blew up like they did. Um, they're more of a recent discovery of the past three or four years that I, I've had, which makes me feel awful that I did not discover them sooner. Um for me, I really started getting into it. There, you guys remember that lull back probably after uh Blink switched lineups. Um, yeah, or was it Mark left? Um, and they got the guy whose name that is escaping me for some reason. That was around the time I got into it. Oh, when Tom left and Mike yeah. Maskeba came in, yep. Uh, so it wasn't, I was never that big of a Blink fan. Um, I knew the radio singles that, you know, everybody knew. Um, I, for me, my first big introduction to pop punk was uh, probably Paramore, their older stuff. Okay. Um, with that being said, I'm not a huge fan of Misery Business. Um, but from there, it went to, you know, discovering older uh, Panic at the Disco back before they started sucking. <laughs> um, and then on to, you know, I did eventually get into Blink-182, and it just evolved from there. Now, um, I'd say one of my biggest influences when it comes to writing is probably uh, Mike Kim. 
stuff like that. I was going to say, you. I think you nailed it, like, right on the head. That was when Skiba came in. That was 2015. And you were right. There was kind of a lull for, like, pop punk albums. I think the biggest one that come out that year was uh, Life's Not Out to Get You by Neck Deep. Yep. And then uh, the story so far self-titled. And then... and objectively not one of my favorite wonder years albums but no closer to heaven was the the other one that came out that year that was like a really big album for 2015 well see that that album in particular has become my favorite wonder years album it there's really? there's something about that album it's it's not saying anything about their other albums but for some reason i really connected with that one I thought you were okay. about to say it was so raw, and I was about to be like, well, let me show you get stoked on it. <laughs> you <want> raw. <laughs> well, I mean, since discovering them, I've went back and listened to their yeah. discography. Every album's good. I really enjoyed their newest one. Um, oh, there's yeah. There's just something about No Closer to Heaven that if I, if I need a good way. cry, I'll just throw on that album and, you know, fucking sob and then get on with my life. If you're talking about a good cry, have you heard Spanish love songs? <laughs> I don't believe so. Okay, if you want a sadder Wonder Years experience, go listen to sad is this a Spanish love songs. Yeah, but not as sad as like Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. So like it's somewhere in between. <laughs> uh, see, it's hard for me to go into that in between place because I'm either like sad with the Wonder Years or I'm sad with. Um, It's been a long day. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like turnover sad or yeah, yeah, like turnover. Oh, like shoegazy sad. Yeah, yeah, listen to listen to Spanish love songs and then uh let me know how your therapy session goes. You think I have money for therapy? <laughs> That's what music's for. <laughs> let me know what the next home for a day album sounds like after listening to Spanish love songs. I don't know if they'll let me change up sounds that much. <laughs> <laughs> That, that'll be a, a, a solo project. Christian's going to give us a call. Would you tell Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Brian just quit the band. He grew out a mullet and he's singing sad shit. He's singing about the 2006 recession. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Well, Brian, you know, it really was a, a blast hanging and we're super excited to catch your set at Bardown Breakfast and hear some of those new tunes that you're talking about and um, you know, hopefully your your run down to Florida makes it down to Orlando or at least close to Orlando and you guys are coming. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. I helped Christian out with uh a couple of promoters in the area. Oh thank sweet. you for that. No problem. Anytime. All right. Well, I guess you guys will be linking up in Florida as well. So uh super excited for just a, a sweet summer of Bar Down Breakfast and and some of the great shows that you got coming up and uh, I guess before we let you go, um, where can we find Home for the Day on some of the socials? Okay, so for socials, um, we have pretty much everything. I know we have a Twitter. I don't think anybody's doing anything with that right now. Same with our Reddit page. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram. Um, yeah, pretty much any social that's out there we have a page on it um our facebook is the most active 
Um, and if you're looking to get a bit more interactive with individual members, um, our Discord is, is a good place to find us. Okay. I, I feel like that might be the first time someone's plugged their Discord. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of bands have them, but that was the first time we've ever had a, a Discord plug. Yeah. Well, it's something I saw other bands doing it, and I, I'm in a few different bands' Discords, and it's really a whole different experience versus other socials, at least in, in my case. Um, so I, I wanted to do something like that for us, and you know, it, it doesn't get as much love as I would like to put into it with kids and work and all that, but um, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, yeah. That's I one. did have to grow up my neck beard to become a, a Discord mod, though. <laughs> so that that was fun. So you're you no longer moderating that you shaved? Uh, it's I had to for a bit. Is uh, I was this close to buying a fedora, and I needed to take a step back from that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you you can find us on all that. Um, yeah, uh, we love cookouts, so if your mom or dad's having a cookout or anything, invite home for the day. Oh, I thought you meant, like, the restaurant cookout, like the fast food Oh, we food love chain. cookout, too. Yeah. yeah no, the fast a, food chain's great. It's always a stop for us every time we're in anywhere from Georgia to Virginia. The, see, traveling, that was the weirdest thing for me when we went to Texas, because um, we went uh, last year for Sick Tight Fest. It was our second year playing it. And my first time going to Texas, and we got out of Georgia, and I didn't see a cookout till we got back, and that was the most mind-boggling thing. Yep, there's no cookouts uh, in Alabama, but you do have Whataburgers, you have Bucky's, and Bucky's. Holy that's shit! That's it. That's all you got out there. I, you know, if we just replaced every gas station or fast food restaurant with a Bucky's, I would not complain. Would it be special? I I hate Wawa. I think Wawas are awful, and they're all over here. I'd say that to goalkeeper, and they start yelling at me in Philly. <laughs> Dude, See, I've never been like, to Wawa, so I I kind of like sheets, man. And sheets, I do like sheets. Sheets holds it down, and the bathroom's always pretty clean. Mm-hmm, but not as clean as Bucky's. Nope. I've I've never been in a Bucky's yet, so oh, you are missing man. out. That is, I'm not religious, but that that almost <laughs> made not me religious. I I was a changed man after walking out of that Bucky's the first time because I think the first one we hit, fuck, where were we? Uh, Alabama, maybe? Alabama. Yeah, Alabama was um that was one of the first stops we made leaving for Texas, and my first time in a Bucky's, and I I about cried. Like they were, they were hyping it up on the way there, and I was like, "There's no way this place is that good." It's a fucking gas station, Bucky's. You gotta praise the Beaver. Um, Wait, this whole time you just had like an Afghan over your lap, like an old lady. Yeah, <laughs> it's cold in here. You guys can't see my bottom half. I've got three pairs of Bucky boxers. Let me tell you, man. Oh, Too many bees going on in those boxers, but. Thanks, Brian, for hanging out with us. Thanks We're for not a fan me. of the bees. Nope, we are not. Unless they're bar down breakdowns. We don't have to worry about them until next year. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, Brian, we'll, we'll be in touch, man. Thanks again. And we will definitely see you at Bar Down Breakfast in like freaking a month. I can't believe that. Yeah. Happened. Coming up quick. Coming up quick. So well, thank definitely. you guys. Seven days, a month and a one, five weeks. Yep. Well, thank you Good guys times. so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. I'm sorry. I'm a bit of a fucking uh, scatterbrain with things, but no, that's uh, me all the way, all the time. Those are always fun. It's fun to, to have one, you know, a couple of these kinds of episodes. Yeah. So we, we appreciate hanging, hanging with us and we will we'll be in touch, man. Sounds great. Peace. Take care.